Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to stay tuned after today's interview for Holla Back. That's my Q&A where I'm answering questions from my listeners, so be sure to stay tuned. Petra Kolber is an author, speaker, certified performance coach with a specialty in positive psychology, and most recently a DJ. In August 2018, Petra released her first book, The Perfection Detox. She has over 30 years of experience in the wellness industry, and as a two-time cancer survivor, she is passionate about waking people up to the precious gift of time. She works with individuals and companies to help them get unstuck so they can become unstoppable. In December of 2020, Petra sold all of her furniture, put a few prized possessions into a storage unit, and began traveling the world to write her next book, As a Woman of a Certain Age. The subject will be based on her global conversations with women on the topic of midlife, meaning, relevancy, love, and purpose. Petra believes it is time for women to see their age as an asset versus a liability, and she thinks that by the age of 60, she'll finally become grown up and settle down. I love it so much, Petra, my friend. I'm so excited to have you. You're in my heart. Welcome. Oh, Heather, it is such a treat to see you. This alone makes me happy, just being able to see you and connect across the digital airwaves. I mean, it's so good to have you. And I just want to bring people up to current day. Petra is an author also. She wrote a book called The Perfection Detox. Yes, that's right. My friend is a perfectionist, but she has detoxed herself from that. And she's going to teach us some of the the steps and the skills and just some of the thoughts that we have to have of our own making and, you know, let our own minds ask ourselves a question and maybe not arrive at the answer so quickly, right? Letting our subconscious take over the cognitive a little bit. Can you just share how you figured out you were a perfectionist and how you figured out you needed to detox about it and then to share it with all of us? <laughs> you know, Heather, that's so so true. It's like often you like you learn what you need to teach and then you teach what you're still needing to learn because the lessons never go away. They just change. So I think for me, the biggest catalyst I ever had to even consider, I might not be living in a way that's in alignment with joy, you know, because all of us are striving to do the best that we can and get, you know, and, and share our gifts to one person, our family, whatever. 
So I was in a therapist, one of many, and a therapist's office, and we were going through like, you know, my anxiety, because I had all this anxiety, and I couldn't figure out why. And at the time, my fitness career had elevated very quickly. I was kind of thrust onto the stage and um, loved every second of it. But with that, there was this underlying anxiety. And after one of the sessions, I was walking out and she said to me, you know what, Petra, no one can relate to perfection. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought my worth was based upon, Heather. I thought that to be worthy of the word fitness expert, be worthy of traveling the world on Reebok's die, right? The, to be worthy of being on the cover of VH, VHS tape, that meant I needed to be perfect. I needed to look perfect, say the perfect things, always eat the perfect thing. And what I realized that who I was and what I did had become so intermingled and not in a positive way. But here's the flip side, Heather. Not once had Reebok or any of the amazing people I'd met on my travels had ever said to me, you need to be perfect for me to listen to you, to think that there's something of value here to help me with your message. So that was the thing. And then this is the second catalyst. I was doing a, a keynote speech for a fitness company. Again, had everything perfectly dialed in, the 10-point PowerPoint and the presentation, and I practiced it a million times. And somewhere I just casually mentioned for many years, I'd struggled with anxiety and I felt the entire room shift. So I thought, okay, I have a choice here. I can do the perfect presentation of what I thought I should do, or I'm going to lean, on to the, lean into this and take a conversation that I think the room needs. Because we come in with a plan, but what I think makes a very wise decision for us as anyone who wants to share our message to only help others share and shine more brightly is you come in with a plan, but you got to, you know, it's when I learned how to DJ, you can come in with a plan, but people only listen to what they need to hear and what they understand. So for the next 20 minutes, I just was completely honest, talked about my anxiety, my many years of struggling. Now, Heather, normally after I speak, I have a couple of people waiting to say, oh, I loved what you said. There was a line around the corner of women going, you mean you felt anxious too? And you got through it. And all of a sudden, Heather, I realized that what I thought people wanted from me was actually distancing me from what they wanted because no one relates to perfect. We connect through our cracks. And the fact that for the first time ever in my, hit, in my fitness career, I actually shared my truth, my backstory. The part of me that I thought was negative that no one wanted to see was a very thing that people leaned into and anchored to because my heart connected to their heart versus what I had to say. Okay, so let's backtrack a little because this is just so unbelievable. So for those of you who don't know, and we'll get into it a little bit, but Petra was really at the cusp of uh, the aerobic craze. And correct me, please, if I you know don't say it right, but I mean, before Jane Fonda really made it, like everybody was wearing leggings and step class and Petra, uh, along with some other amazing women in the industry really were at the forefront of dancer size, moving our bodies, grooving, and she was in the forefront of it and leading the classes. And what year was this? Okay. So I was post Jane Fonda because she was the one that really did bring fitness and okay, so came, fitness. Okay, so she came in and then you guys were on, on that train and you like took it into the next. Okay. So I knew yeah. it was either before or after, but and the interesting thing, Heather is too, though, honestly, a little backstory is why yeah. she was so important to my career is I would, before I even knew what the thing aerobics was, fitness, whatever we called it back in the day, I was a dancer on a cruise ship. 
And, you know, I'm a dancer. And they said, yes. oh, by the way, you also have to do crew staff duties. I'm like, what? And they said, <laughs> oh, and a part of that is teaching aerobics on the deck at 7 a.m. I'm like, what the heck? What's aerobics? And I literally took the Jane Fonda VHS tape Incredible. and copied it. So she has a big part in that. But yes, yeah, so my fitness career started. I think I dabbled in it as um, a side hustle because I was a dancer. And the first part of me was like, oh, I'm a dancer. This is so beneath me. Uh, And then I kind of dabbled in it. And what I realized is there's this instant gratification that you didn't always get with the dancer, the dancing experience. And so I think that was like my first fitness convention was 1994. And I think my first VHS tape, Don't Judge, what judge was 1993. And okay. that's when my career began to take off. Really yeah. began. Okay, so it was the early 90s. And boy, uh, the idea of a women's physique and what was acceptable and what meant, you know, was very different than it is today. Thank God. You know, we've come leaps and bounds. Do you think what happened was you started to form this feeling of what the expectation of you was. And then you found yourself in a way being able to fill it, but not really sustain it. And then not really listening to what your heart was telling you. And that is really your connection with people. So it wasn't really about dancing was your thing. You found aerobics through that. You can help encourage people being an aerobics instructor and get them feeling healthy and feeling better about themselves. But there was a piece missing. And it was the connection. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, yes. Heather, you're so good. I remember as a dancer, every day I was auditioning in London for a different job. And it was, that was very much, do you fit the costume? What yes. do you look like? I mean, you, your dancing is, of course, important, but it was secondary to your shape. And at that time, very thin was in. And I remember I had started to teach fitness. I've been teaching in New York about six months. And this was the first moment I was like, oh, something's changing here. I got a phone call from one of the top studios and they said, oh, we've been hearing about you. What would it take for us to get you here? I was like, someone's asking me my opinion. I was like, this has never happened before as a dancer. I'm always like (laughs) begging for the job. So that was it. But I think where I got tangled up, Heather, it's this idea of, who we are today, and then these tapes that no longer serve us in our past. And I had dance teachers that I have to believe were well-meaning, but the tape that they did, they broke me down. They forgot to build me back up. Uh So the tapes of my past of role models that I really admired at the time, three dance teachers who I really revered, it was always, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Who do you think you are? So when I was suddenly put onto this stage where everyone was telling me, you are something, you are deserving. They weren't questioning it. My old inner tapes were beginning to say, who are you really to be deserving of this success? And I hadn't done the work yet to know that these voices of, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're going to get found out, you're a fraud, you don't have the PhD, you're not, you know, didn't even belong to me. But they felt so familiar that I hadn't done the work yet to separate the voices of my past with who I have stepped into today. And Heather, something so important for anyone listening, your success doesn't mean that the person next to you can't be just as successful. You, you shining so brightly is not dimming someone else's light. And I also grew up in the UK where this word pride, you know, feeling pride for your accomplishments, feeling pride for being on a VHS tape. I didn't allow myself any of that acknowledgement because in English, like, oh, who do you think you are? Don't get too big for your britches. The tall poppy syndrome, don't stand out. 
because there was this idea that by you standing out meant I couldn't stand out. And now I'm realizing, you know, the more brightly we shine, as long as it's in service of others, it just gives others permission to do the same. I love that because it's really an intent based, right? What's your intent? You know, are you there to help shine your light? Or are you there to take all the light? You know, what is oh, it good. that you want? And, you know, cause I was raised by, you know, a Scottish grandmother and, and, you know, a very UK, my father's from Scotland, obviously my mother raised me as well, but don't be too big for your britches. I remember hearing that all the time growing up and I definitely suffered from not being able to pat myself on the back. So that really strikes a chord with me. I want to talk about that a little because you mentioned in your book about our crevasses, you know, our cracks. I call them crevasses because obviously my mountain climbing, you call them cracks. And I've really been putting a lot of this to work lately. And I think it's so profound. And that is that We all have these cracks, right, from our childhood, from what we were taught, from experiences, what we were exposed to. And sometimes we don't realize in the subconscious that these cracks are there, right? These dents or ticks that may show up later in life. Like you may not realize it's there right now. And later in life, some type of trauma or an incident or a happenstance will occur and that crack exposes itself. And now we're left to deal with this feeling that we didn't have before, or maybe that we were burying. Can you talk about that? Because I am so more in touch with that now than I ever have been, but I'm still such a student of it. I'm still learning of it. And you've been through this. How do we overcome them? How do we tolerate them? Because we can never make them go away, really. Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And I think the first thing is awareness. So many of these cracks, these thoughts that do not bring us joy, have been with us for so long, Heather, we don't even realize that they're a part of us. There was a research done where like on average, we can have between 60,000 and 70,000 thoughts a day. And then they say, you know, 90% of those are are repeat thoughts from yesterday. We just don't even notice them. And then 85% of those can be negative. And it's not a character flaw. It's called the negativity bias. Our brain is designed to protect us. So we don't need to protect, be protected from the good things. We need to protect ourselves from the things that could hurt us. So the first thing I want people to know is this is not a character flaw. We all go through this as part of our genetic makeup. And then what do we do it, with it? So my first thing is just an awareness, slowing down enough to notice all of a sudden you're like, you're enjoying something or something, someone said something great about you. They gave you a compliment and all of a sudden you're downplaying it or you're downgrading it. Or you, or someone's asking, oh, what's your dream? What's your, and you think of something that, oh, that's a little too big for me. Let me just downgrade it. You know, so we da- we're downgrading our dreams, our potentials, our desires. And it's a simple question when you have thoughts You know, are we having thoughts or are the thoughts having us? Often we notice the feeling before the thought. The first step is notice when you're feeling not great. You're feeling a little down on yourself. You're feeling a little blue. Yeah. So something triggered an emotion that is not making me feel my best. So thoughts are electrical, feelings are chemical. So that electricity of that thought happens so fast. Take a moment. Don't run away from that feeling. This is why we, we have the awareness, but then we run from it because it's not our highlight reel. Right. Take a minute, just come to your breath and go, what was that? What was I thinking right before this feeling that made me feel this way? And then you simply just acknowledge it. You don't judge it. Go, And then what I tend to do is like, oh, that's interesting. 
not, oh, I can't believe I had that thought about myself. That right. was stupid because there's just more judgment, right? Go, yes. oh, that's interesting. I'm wondering why I'm questioning myself. So then we come at it from the lens of curiosity versus judgment. Hugely different. Because when we come through the lens of curiosity, it allows us to um, open up the logical part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, and look at it through the lens of compassion. When we judge our thoughts, guess where we go? Reptilian brain, fight, flight, or freeze. And everything that we would need, our breath, our awareness, our patience, gets out the door. So the first thing is awareness. Ooh, is this thought bringing me joy or is it sucking the joy out of me? Second, then it's acceptance. Oh, I can't believe I'm having this. I listened to Heather's podcast and I should know better than this. I read all these books about how to be kick fear to the curb and live your most joyful life because that's great for bumper sticker, but it's not real life. And then it's this idea of like, do I want to keep living my life this way? And then it's action. The opposite of fear is not courage, it's action. And then it's having the courage to say, my life is worth it. I am worth it to put the thought, to put the work, to take the time to reflect inward so I can find more joy. I can create more joy. Because like you said, at the end of the day, with everything that's going on in the world, and there's some very joyful moments right now, but we have a choice. And so I think for that is awareness, acceptance, action. And that's a good place to start. It's a really good place to start because I think we're conditioned to believe in the bad not really celebrate the good. And I find that if I'm feeling negative, I, I, I'm permeating that negativity. And if I'm feeling positive, I'm permeating that positivity. And I have noticed because I'm generally a very positive and optimistic person. And COVID has pushed me on my butt like it has so many people. And what I know that's the uncomfortableness in it for me is it's given me time where I've really had to reflect. So what I noticed is that if I just take one second and realize I'm being negative, like you're being negative to yourself. Like why, if I stop and I start to say, no, you did a good job today. Did you show up and do your best? You showed up and did your best. Then what are you worried about? And I have this conversation with me. I start to then permeate positivity in my own mind. Like I can change my own mind really quickly by reversing the thoughts because Does your brain like, I know you're going to have the answer to this. Does it like pattern itself into negativity if you're staying in a negativity and it will pattern itself into positivity if you're staying in positivity? Because I have found that I'm doing that and it's working. Amazing, right? And so people people go, oh, it's the science. It's the woo-woo. No, actually there's science behind the woo-woo. So here's the thing. Have you heard the saying, negativity sticks to us like Velcro, positivity slides off us like Teflon? Oh, I haven't. So it's the negativity bias. Like anyone listening right now, think about last week and think of like maybe eight interactions. Probably let's say four were positive. You came into the interaction feeling good. You walked out feeling great. Three were neutral. You walked in feeling good. You walked out feeling good. One was negative. You walked in feeling good. You walked out feeling a bit not so great, which is the one we remember. Yes. So like you had said, like attracts like. One of my, fa- my favorite teacher, my mentor, Tal Ben-Shahar says, appreciate the good and the good will appreciate. Think about when you buy a car. My last car was a mini Countryman. Loved it. So when I bought it, I hadn't noticed many minis on the road. But once I started researching the mini, guess which car I noticed on the road? The mini. And I, oh, there's another mini and there's another mini. That's what our brain does. It's like little grooves in our brain pathways. 
And here's the wonderful thing. This is this thing called positive psychology and neuroscience. Up until a few years ago, the researchers thought that your brain was kind of fixed. Um, I don't know the exact age, but like after, definitely after 20, there was not a lot you could do. Now it's called neuroplasticity. And you change, you actually change the shape of your brain and the neural pathways by the thoughts you put in. I think this is remarkable. Remarkable. But then think like you're going into a forest and you've never been into a forest before. And you're like, I don't know which way to go. We tend to follow the paths that are already built. There's a trail. I'm going to take the trail. I'm not going to take the path of least resistance. I'm going to take the path of least resistance. That's what your brain does too. Just imagine you've got like a valley of negative thoughts and then you're trying to build up this stream of positive ones. But the valley has, you know, that push of the ocean has much more power. So it's not that it's impossible. But when I always think I say, people say, oh, you talk about this thing called happiness. I'm like, yeah, because happiness is heart work. And it's also hard work because our brain is hardwired to go over to the negative. But this work is so worth doing because when you feel happier, you have more joy, you have less stress, you have less depression, your blood pressure comes down, you're at less risk for some diseases. And here's the thing, happiness is contagious. So is moodiness. So is negativity. You know that person like, oh my gosh, I'm having dinner with so-and-so. That's I can't so wait for this. I know. <laughs> you just feel drained. Yes. Wouldn't it be great that we are the ones, you are the person listening right now. You're the one that brings the light into the room. You're the one that brings the potential. I, you know, I'm not a social person. It is interesting. Like I have very chronic social anxiety. And what flipped that for me is I can get on a stage, have that in front of 2,000 people. Not a problem. One-on-one. Oh, I'd rather just poke my eyes out. So what I do now is instead of going into a room like, oh, I'm going to have anything to say to anyone. I'm like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to find that person that feels in the corner and I'm going to be one that shines the light, starts the conversations. And, you know, that's what helps you bring into the room what you hope to seek. That's so beautiful. And we forget it's so simple. And so I think that one of the things that we can change is maybe a little bit of expectation, right? Because I feel like disappointment really only comes from expectation. I've been looking at disappointment because, you know, obviously with COVID things getting canceled and all these plans that you had made, everything getting put on hold. And I kept doing this little study in my mind about expectation and disappointment. Like if I didn't have this big expectation, I wouldn't be disappointed. And I, and I used that to be home. I just erased the expectation that I was going to be able to travel. You know, I had a big trip to Bolivia planned and we were going to Israel. We had a lot of trips planned. So by having to cancel them, I needed to put another idea in place. But what I realized is if I just stop the expectation of travel and I just allow myself to be home and say, I don't know when I'm going to travel again. I don't know what tomorrow will be for a while now. I found peace in that. I was able to manage my expectation or my disappointment rather by managing my expectation. I know you know there's something why I did that. (laughs) Well, I think it's two things. There's that saying expectations are resentments waiting to happen. So there's that. But one of my favorite sayings is by Pema Chodron. And she says, there's a difference between pain and suffering. And I think that's what's going on in the world right now with your trips, right? Yes. And she said, here's the thing. We're all going to feel pain. And right now, we're still in global pain. And there is pain with the idea of the trips being canceled. You were looking forward to that. And there's nothing wrong in being disappointed. 
allowed to feel that. But then we get a choice, Heather. All of us here, we've all had things that got changed, got canceled, got postponed. That's so right. I, I don't know one person whose life has not been impacted. Right. This is a global pain. But then the suffering, it's up to us. And this is what she said. I love this. Suffering is wanting things to be different than what they are. So what happens is we have the pain of the disappointment, the trip got canceled or we, our honeymoon got delayed or whatever it is, and we disappointed. And then we could flip the switch and go, what, well, like you have done, what could I do differently? How could I fill this space so this time is meaningful versus then sit in the, in the silo of suffering where we just live it over like, I wish I could have done this and boo-hoo-hoo and all of that, get the list right there. And suffering is when we haven't made peace with what is. And that is genius. Just accept the disappointment. Accept that the trips were canceled. Accept that life is unknowing. But when we want it to be different than what it is, that's when we get into trouble. And that's when we can lose. I know some people through COVID who have thrived. Yes. I know some people that are going to come out of this 10 months, a year, two years later, the exact same than when they went in. And I'm like, oh my God, what a waste of a pandemic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't, they don't come around every, but every hundred no. years. <laughs> yeah, Thank God. What a waste. Use this time to, to learn about yourself, to rediscover what your hopes and dreams yeah. and, and get really clear about what's important to you. I choose personally now to not ignore what is, to not be ignorant to what is, but also not to be paralyzed. What can I do to stay engaged in my life, to help contribute to the lives of others? And then through that question, we can come up with some great, some great ways to fill this time without feeling the, the suffering of it. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a, a really important message for everybody is, you know, what a waste of a pandemic. I really, I got so sad, uh, not, not over the pandemic, you know, just with Black Lives Matter, which I was so happy about, you know, seeing that come to the forefront. Timing is everything. And it just so happened this time, everybody was home. You know, this time, everybody saw George Floyd. This time was the time for it to be the right time. But looking back at that, it was it's incredibly sad and difficult to really look back at the suffering of a human being, a suffering of a people, a suffering of a culture that people don't want to hear about it. And when you really think about it, it can make you very sad, but we have the power within us to bring about the change now and listening to, um, Oh, Amanda, the girl from yesterday. Yes. Unbelievable. Okay. So Amanda's speech or poem, really. Poem, um, speech. Yeah. It's words, her beautiful words were so wonderful to hear And it reminded me of the beautiful gifts that people have in this life that they get to share. And, you know, by her putting that wonderful talent that she has on paper and reading it so eloquently and beautifully, her words just made me so unbelievably happy because I can't change the past. And so to sit here and be crying about it and sad about it, it's only what I can do for the future. And if you take that application and you really apply it to your own life and your brainwaves and your thoughts and how you're showing up for you, because the magic is in you. We have it in us. Yeah. And I always say, you know, it really is. It's this moment. Everyone has gifts to share and you have to do. I really encourage everyone listening, do the heart work. 
you are magnificent. You are brilliant. Is that great? You know, by Marianne Williamson, who are you not to be brilliant, magnificent, you know? And the thing is when you shine so brightly and you really make peace with yourself, it's not selfish. It's only selfish if then you keep that to yourself. Right. Our job is to then share that and shine that light and share our joys, our thoughts, our ideas with others. We're so interconnected. And when we get into troubles is when we separate me from you. And we are all in this together. And people like Amanda yesterday reading those poems. Mm. Here is what we need to do is we need to take things that inspire you and put them into small actions of your own. And we get stuck, Heather, because we think, oh, what, how can I contribute? Your energy contributes. Yes. Your energy, as you walk into a room, you have shifted the energy of that room, which will shift the energy of the people in that room. Happier people create happier families. Happier families create happier communities. Happier communities create happier villages. Happier villages create happier countries. Happier countries can create a happier world. Boom. I wish I had some drumsticks to do a drum roll on that one. Exactly. I mean, I have so much stuff. I have nothing to hit. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm Caitlin Carter, host of the Bright Side podcast. I created the show as a space for people who have had an impact in my life to further inspire others through their stories, their honesty, their kindness and optimism. Each week, I'll be sitting down with inspiring friends, new and old, to have meaningful conversations centered around our own experiences with complete transparency and authenticity. We will discuss how we face challenging moments, adjust perspective, and reframe situations to find the silver lining. I personally believe that there is a bright side to every situation, and I'm excited to have this platform to encourage that way of thinking and share this message with you all. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, so come join me and start your week on the bright side. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. You know how optimistic and positive I am. And I honestly came at this podcast, I'm going to say, I'm going to talk to Petra about the negative feelings that I push down every day. And I, I do try to do the work and exercise the muscle and recognize, you know, that it's a, a crevasse or, you know what I mean? A little, a little, a crack. but I did want to come at it a little bit negative because I, I know that people really are. And, you know, when you, when you haven't done the work, it can be a really lonely place and it can be a hard place to climb out of. And so yeah. I just encourage everybody to, well, first of all, get the perfection detox. Petra's book is so wonderful. And tonight, when you lay down, set an intention for a better tomorrow and get up and just do one thing for yourself tomorrow. One thing that's going to help set your your day off, whether it's, you know, a stretch before the morning or you're going to have a really healthy breakfast today and you're going to get it all set up in the refrigerator the night before and know what you're going to do or little tiny steps. You know, the best journeys, I mean, come from the smallest steps and the longest and most sustainable 
change that you find in your life comes from these small wins and recognizing these things because sorry kids but once you figure it out it's all going to change again (laughs) once you figure yourself out and you feel like everything's right like it's all going to get turned upside down on its head again right do you think that those are so that's encouraging and real advice because your life has morphed and changed in so many ways and you know you don't even really know what tomorrow looks like for you at this very moment for a planner, can you just give us some more wisdom and insight? So just another little takeaway. What you said was completely on point and very actually scientific. We're very familiar with the power of gratitude, right? Like at the end of your day, the gratitude journal, reflecting on things you are grateful for. Martin Seligman, who is one of the thought leaders in positive psychology, also has been studying the power of, so we're not looking back from a lens of gratitude, but looking forward with a lens of appreciation. So in the morning, like you said, set your day up. But before you get on your phone, on any digital device, write down three things that you are looking forward to that day. Doesn't have to be massive. Could be a phone call with my girlfriend. Could be my cup of coffee in the morning. It could be my favorite TV show at the night. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But what it does, it primes your brain to get out of bed seeking more of the good. And think about what many of us do when we first rise up. Our phone is often our alarm clock. We turn off our phone and we go straight to social media. Our brain is the most pliable and the most magnificent the first hour of our day. If you do nothing from this, really protect your first hour of your day. Write down what you're looking forward to. Reflect on who is it that I want to be today. We can only do the work. How do I want to change the world today by my small gift of bringing my best self into my day? And like Heather said, you're not alone. This is a challenging time. It is interval training. You're here. We're hopefully on the the back nine. We're hopefully getting to the end of this. And again, just a friendly reminder, do not let this time go to waste. Let's all come out of this better, not bitter. victorious versus a victim and just commit even more deeply to create more goodness, more magic, more beauty in this world, one small action and choice and thought at a time. I love that more space for ourselves and more space for a, a little bit of a better world out there because it really all does start with us. Our little choices, our little, our votes are, you know, the things that we do to lean into our community and society, they really count. So, I want to talk a little bit about, because you're just so, obviously, health and wellness are important to you. And yes, it's a mindset, you guys, but you want to be holistically feeding your body and your mind. So think about what you're putting in your mouth. Think about what you're putting on your skin, right? Think about, like, in this holistic world of health and wellness, and you're such an expert at it. Like, what are some of the things that are making you tick? Two things. So a Memorial Day a year and a half ago, so it's almost be two years, I gave up drinking completely because there was a part of me, I was going through menopause. I'm at that age. Don't yeah. judge. And it just, <laughs> alcohol does not agree with me. It was making me blue. It was making me anxious. And I knew Heather for me. And it was, it was not something I even really liked the taste of. The most I drink is maybe a glass and a half of wine, maybe, but it wasn't making me my best. And so I was like, oh, what's that catalyst habit? They call them um, keystone habits. What's that one thing that if I changed, it would have a ripple effect? I was like, I think it's 
drinking. And so I read this amazing book by Annie Grace called The Naked Mind. And it's kind of this idea of what was sold about alcohol. And there's no judgment here. Just for me personally, me, Petra, it wasn't good. That was a huge catalyst for me, um, Heather. It gave me so much more clarity. I really have not felt depressed anxious through COVID. Um, I felt disappointed and I felt all of those things yeah. that we all feel. But, and then the second thing is now, like we talk about the perfection detox. I look back, I'm like, I really, be as a perfectionist now, I'm like, I really don't care. But those negative tapes of like, you need to be perfect to be worthy, it changes. You need to be thinner, smarter. I then got into this whole tape of, oh, I should be younger. So my journey now, Heather, has changed. My thing now is a, a woman of a certain age, a global conversation around aging, relevancy, love, and purpose. And I've just, I'm now a digital nomad. I sold all my stuff um, in December of 2020. I'm like, okay, New York shut down. I, I'm, why am I paying this ridiculous rent? There's yes. no theater. There's no, so I gave up my apartment. I um, sold pretty much everything. I'm now re- working remotely for the next two years exploring this idea. And it has to be a global conversation because yes. in the US, we have it so messed up about getting older. So I'm being very aware of COVID. I'm going to probably be in the U.S. longer than I had thought, but I'm going to start doing global interviews around women. And everyone goes, well, what's a certain age? I'm like, it's that age when you notice, I think I'm the oldest one in the room. Yes. Or it's the age you start pulling your neck back. Or it's the age when someone dies and you subtract your age from their age. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh gosh, you know, what have you got 20 more years? <laughs> and for me right now, Heather, my new thing is having women especially live a life of their dreams versus leave this life with regrets. So for me, my ism used to be perfectionism that has now moved into ageism. Mm-hmm. And how can I make peace really with getting older? So my first YouTube is going to be, I've got two years to talk myself out of a facelift. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I will see what happens. Yeah. I'm not guaranteeing I won't have one. Right. But if I do, it's going to be sponsored by someone on my YouTube channel. So we'll see. <laughs> and it will be for you. The things that you for me, are looking totally. at every day versus what you think our society oh, yeah. tells us we're supposed to be. I'm having you back on because, I mean, it's true. The Perfection Detox was like a few years ago already. And you're on to bigger things and newer things because you have progressed as a human being. You are on to your next chapter and your next phase of learning. How exciting for you. See, you guys, sometimes, you know, being bogged down with marriage and children, everybody always says, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, that picket fence and the dog and the cat. And Petra doesn't have any of that. And look at this freedom. So that's bringing me to your next thing. So, you know, how are you finding your freedom? I mean, I know that finding freedom changes for people on a daily basis sometimes or on a five-year axis, but how are you finding your freedom and living fearlessly and continuing to do that work? You know, I think it's still coming back down to the idea of why, the why, right? Because right now I'm at my sister's. It was the first safe place to land. I don't have a, and it's the first time I'm, I'm a digital nomad, but here's the thing. Like I had applied to a couple of places around the world there are a couple of countries I want to go to that I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to like lock into a group of people. I actually got turned down because I was too old for these companies. I was Uh, like, okay, uh, like that just brings more fire to my belly. It doesn't make me angry. Let me take some action. And so I want to be that person that I I can't, we can get bitter about aging. And and I just heard so many people um, had this, I'm too old to get started. I'm like, OMG, you're just getting started. So anyway, my freedom right now, 
oh, here's what I realized. There's a comfort can be really bad for your, for your dreams. Because I'm at my sister's right now. She's been so generous with her place. I could stay here six months. Yeah. But that's comfortable and that's not allowing me to do the work I need to do. So what keeps me, I'm balancing my freedom of, you know, also celebrating like, girl, you just gave up everything you know. You don't have a permanent zip code. This is pretty cool. But also not getting sidetracked by my why of doing this is to help spread the message to other women. So I'm balancing freedom with also learning. I have to learn new cinematography skills. I have to learn how to use this thing called a gimbal with my iPhone. I have to learn how to edit. So it's, it's keeping me young because it's yes. keeping me learning, but I have to keep my eye on the why. Yes, of course, it's great for me, but if it was just for me, how selfish would that be? But I don't have to. I want to do this work because I want to remind other women that this is possible. And you had mentioned for, before, it's so lovely to have a family and kids. It wasn't on my cards. Right. And there's a great song called A Shout Out to My Ex or something that comes on. And you know, I you you knew me. I thought I was going to be in the forever relationship with the, I was the bonus mom and the perfect white picket fence and that blew up. So I'm like, do I become better or better? I'm like, now is the time for me to stay single. Uh, maybe I'll meet someone in my mid sixties, but this I need, it was like, I have to be single to be forward focused. Yes. And well, that's when someone's going to show up, right? That will, someone will show up in your life. Yeah. Right. But, when you don't want, when you're so, everything's perfect and boy, they're going to, sorry about that word, away. but they're going <laughs> to flop right in next to you, yeah. sit their ass yeah. right down. Hello. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but it's balancing freedom of being in the moment and not getting too comfortable uh, and also keeping that energy moving forward because again, I want to be able to look back at this time in my life. My new goal is, I think I'm going to be on the road longer than I had anticipated, probably like two years. And then my goal is now, oh my gosh, come on, I'm saying this number, you just turned 50. In two and a half years, I'll be 60. Uh, by 60 is when I'll root again and then be a grown up and I'll buy a, buy a place and be responsible. But now I cannot waste this time. And by wasting this time, I'm not being of service to the women that I want to inspire. So balancing that freedom with a little bit of comfort, but enough challenge to keep me on the edge of learning, growing, and uh, sharing. What amazing, amazing words of wisdom. What a, what a true inspiration that you are. You know, life is out there to live it. And it's never too late, like Petra said, and forget about the boundaries and the bumpers that society has laid down for us. It's time to break through those and find our own paths and patterns in life and what makes us tick and what keeps us happy and finds helps us find our joy and be ready to turn on the blinker and, and shift lanes because, you know, it's always, it's not just one road for us all. And you are a pure example of that and such just a beautiful sunshine. I cannot wait to interview after you've done this work talking to all these women, of course, you better talk to me. <laughs> you know it. You know it. I, give you, yeah, oh my gosh. And again, oh, Heather, like I say, it's not an age. It's like you've already it's a you've got this wisdom, yes. but you've got this wisdom and yes. women look to you, Heather, because you are so authentic. You have an amazing platform. And when we turn that blinker on, what you do so well is you let your heart be your GPS. And so to everyone listening, let Heather be your guide, this podcast, and use your heart to be your GPS and maybe we'll all meet up somewhere you know I, who knows 
I will. I would love that. I can't wait. We're going to have like a big, you know, in my heart retreat someday. Yes. It would just be so incredible. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with me. Okay. So you digital nomad, you, where can my guests and my listeners find you if they are not already following you? <laughs> Seriously, probably the best place right now, Heather, is my website, Petra Kolber, P-E-T-R-A-K-O-L-B-E-R.com. We're actually changing that over so you can, there's going to be a blog there throughout my two years of travel. YouTube's coming once I figure out this gimbal and my iPhone. Because right now my, my photography makes you nauseous. It's like so shaky. <laughs> so I don't want that to be a side, uh, side thing. So yeah, petrakolba.com for all things. Then Instagram is just my name and Facebook. But. And I'm going to definitely be checking in in six months when you're on the road because I'm going to know yeah. where I know you're not going to still be at your sister's in six months you're going to have flown the coop and launched off of your next pad and oh god let this be a lesson to everybody please read the perfection detox and catch up to Petra because she's got to have another book coming at us real soon thank you so much Petra Colbert this is in my heart I'm your host Heather Thompson Be sure to follow along at I am Heather T and send me any questions. Please don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcasts and join us next week for another episode. Welcome to Hollaback. This is the part of my podcast where I answer all of your questions. My next question is from Mulva71. Hi, Heather. Where can I get great birthday cakes in the Berkshires? I'll be going there for my 50th to celebrate. Well, happy birthday to you. I got to tell you, I love Patisserie Lennox. They have a couple locations. They are all made on the premises. It's a true French patisserie, and they can pretty much make any cake you can imagine, but their menu of cakes is delicious and long and yum. Happy birthday. Enjoy it. In My Heart is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson, Karen Silverstein, and Heather Thompson. The show is edited by Maureen Vigas. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Heather T. See you next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.